From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Peter Hartlaub, pop culture critic for the San Francisco Chronicle, here with classical music critic Joshua Kosman, who has some news about a new conductor for the Berkeley Symphony. Yeah, a young man named Joseph Young, who uh, comes to us out of the Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore, where he's been the uh, uh, head of student ensembles. And now they're bringing him in to lead the Berkeley Symphony starting next season. In your conversation, you and Joseph described the process of finding a new conductor as being kind of like speed dating. Yeah, well, they get in for a relatively short period of time, especially with an orchestra like the Berkeley Symphony, which only does, you know, four concert programs a year. It's not like something like the San Francisco Symphony, where there's a a very long, dense schedule. They're really kind of, um, it's like a quick tactical maneuver. You come in (laughs) for a few days, for a week, and, and the idea is just to see whether the sparks will fly. And by all accounts, boy, they really they really flew this time. Yeah, when a symphony's looking for a new conductor, whether it's the San Francisco Symphony recently or the Berkeley Symphony, how important is it to get a right fit, and how hard is that to find? It's very important, and I wouldn't say it's so difficult, but there are a lot of factors involved. So one of the things that happens when an orchestra is looking for a new music director is they want to make sure that they are looking at conductors who have who with whom they've worked before, and they have some kind of relationship between the conductor and the musicians of the orchestra, and actually everyone connected with the orchestra, the staff, the executive director, the donors, the board, the community, and so forth. Excellent. Well, he has a very fascinating background. You got him to open up and talk a little bit about his past and present and future. I think our listeners are going to enjoy the conversation. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. Joseph Young, welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle. So glad to have you here. So you're going to be the next music director of the Berkeley Symphony, which is exciting and wild. And I want to just set this up by sort of telling the story from from the outside perspective, which is the Berkeley Symphony brought in a series of conductors to kind of, uh, you know, try out an audition. And one of them called in sick, and they brought you in at the last minute on a very short notice. And then when it kind of came time to make the decision, they went, that's the guy we want, the one who came in as a substitute, which I think is wild and exciting and and, and hilarious. It's wild for me as well. Tell it from your perspective. How did it go? How, how, the how, did that, how did that whole thing unfold? <laughs> well, you know, I was actually in rehearsal for um, Tabaro uh, uh, at uh, Baltimore, and I, my phone kept buzzing the whole rehearsal. I, couldn't, I was really busy <laughs> uh-huh. uh, to answer it and, and asked, hey, are you available in two days to uh, conduct the Berkeley Symphony? I said, text message yes put it back in <laughs> in my in my pocket and then did the rehearsal for Johnny Skeegee <laughs> and then you know it was probably 10 o'clock uh, in the evening I realized what I did and uh, you know I had to call uh, you know my manager and I called the artistic director and executive director of um, Berkeley Symphony uh, Renee to get more details and I was on the plane in two days to get here so you said yes before you found out what the repertoire was. Oh well, the, the or, text message said what oh, okay, the repertoire right. was. So let's let's spell that out for okay. me, for us because this was not you know yeah. 
Beethoven's Sixth Symphony or something, some piece of standard repertoire that everybody knows. This was Bernstein's uh, Age of Anxiety Symphony, which is this enormous piano concerto, multi-part thing mm -hmm. that I think, I mean, maybe you already had that in your repertoire or maybe you learned it in two days. I, you'll tell me. A brand new piece, a, a premiere by a young composer named Hannah Kendall and, you know, the most... Uh, the most familiar piece on the program was Britain's Sea uh, Interludes from, from Peter Grimes. So not your regular, ordinary, run-of-the-mill concert, but you jumped right in in right. any case. I think uh, to, to, to think about all of that, for me, I said yes to the opportunity to conduct the, this great repertoire and to conduct a professional orchestra. For me, I was, I was more excited about conducting those pieces. I've never done Age of Anxiety, but I've always wanted to do it. Okay. Um, and you know, my mentor, Marin Alsop, we sat down with the piece before. Oh, okay. And so um, I, I, I was excited about the opportunity to conduct it. Um, I, I got the parameters of um, you know, the premiere, uh, the piece that we premiered uh, by Hannah, Hannah Kendall uh, was about 10 minutes. Um, I, I knew what I needed to do to prepare in that short amount of time. Um, so I, I wasn't just saying, saying, picking up uh, the, the phone and texting back yes. I, uh -huh. I really thought about it and said, you know, I can, I can manage my time to be prepared. Um, especially because um, I knew exactly when the first rehearsal was, the, the night of the night uh, rehearsal that was going to happen. Um, I knew exactly my schedule for the opera. and I could figure out how to manage my time to make sure I can maximize organizing my thoughts. Um, for the Britain, I actually um, I looked at my score um, when I got home and noticed that I did conduct two movements um, as an assistant conductor on an education concert. So I was able to um, conjure up those those memories uh -huh. to, in my preparation. But I. I I wanted to do this because, you know, it, it was about the repertoire and knowing the orchestra. Right. And I was going to be here uh, later that weekend with another orchestra. Oh, for whom? I was going to be conducting an education concert with the San Francisco Symphony. So it was kind of a win-win to be, Perfect. be in the area. It. Okay. And then some time passes, or and they call you up and they say, actually we'd like you to come and be the music director for the orchestra. I, I think what happened during that week, um, um, you know, with any orchestra, you you start to have a relationship with them. And for me, very early on, uh, the orchestra, we trusted each other. They, they were looking for someone to save the show, but they actually... Uh, I think we both felt that we had something to say in, in the music making that we had. Um, and at the same time, they were looking for a music director. Um, and it be I became very interested in what um, the Berkeley community uh, was about, uh, about what uh, the Berkeley Symphony was looking for. And those conversations started to happen while the, the week was there. So, you know, I started to, to meet with... Um, uh, musicians. I started meeting with um, uh, the exec director um, and uh, members of, uh, and donors and talking about what they uh, really wanted for the Berkeley Symphony. And it kind of aligned with the kind of leadership that uh, and my first position was looking for. Uh -huh. Tell me more about what, what kinds of things 
did they say that made you think, this is the place for me, this seems like a good match? People have asked me about this, this sort of matching process, and I always say, it sounds to me like it's a little bit like speed dating. Oh, you know, it was you, speed dating. Yeah. I mean, it really was. It, it does feel like speed dating. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, you, you, there's something special with, with the interaction with the orchestra. You know, it felt like we both wanted something from each other. Um, they wanted to make music. They wanted to understand um, um, the, the ideas around not only the music, uh, the music that was in front of them, but the, the general idea of how I, I, um, you know, I would work with them. And the, it became um, evident that um, a bond was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if I wasn't the music director, even if I wasn't picked the music director of the Berkeley Symphony, I think the music making between us, we, uh, the musicians and me, we felt like there, we said something really special uh, in that concert. I didn't just save the show. We said something, you know, um, poignant. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and the conversations between um, the, the musicians and uh, all the stakeholders is um, we wanted to, uh, or they wanted to figure out if they can have um, a leader who would who would have that kind of relationship with musicians, but not only musicians, but everyone involved. Um, it, it started off, uh, it became very clear that the Berkeley Symphony is, is a family, hmm. and, and a family that wanted to reach out into the community. And for me, um, I've, I think my role as a leader, a civic leader with uh, any orchestra, is to be that, that face that wants to reach the music out to the community. And, and I really express that that's the kind of um, uh, relationship I wanted with the Berkeley Symphony. Got it. So tell, tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you're, you're, you're 36? I am 37 as 37. of... Well, whenever this, yeah, whenever this airs, but uh, three days ago, <laughs> <laughs> you just turned thirty-seven, You're right? And you grew up, I think, in South Carolina. Yes. Is that right? I grew up you know? um, uh, in uh, a small town outside of Charleston, South Carolina, um, and I started my musical endeavors as a trumpet player. Um, um, I picked the trumpet because basically my dad wanted to me to pick up an instrument to keep me out of trouble. (laughs) Um, And the idea, um, the only instrument that I could make a sound out of was the trumpet. Um, So I picked that one. Was trouble calling to you in some Uh, way, or was this just a general proactive kind of thing? Father trying to be proactive. Okay. Like, yeah, you're getting older (laughs) and something may happen. Yeah. So let's, let's put them in a music program. It's always safe. Yeah. And it, and and I think I read somewhere that you're fa- you're you're you were from a military family. Well, my my dad early on um, when I was younger was in the military, so mm-hmm. we moved around when I was. Um, uh, I, I spent ki- my kindergarten years in Hawaii, um, uh, four years in Hawaii. But then um, my mother is from Charleston, South Carolina, and you know that's a long way from home and I think she really got homesick so we moved back to basically the town she grew up in so I went to the same high school she grew up in uh, she has 10 brothers and sisters so I, I, I grew up with a, a lot of cousins a lot of support group um, in nice. my, uh, around where I grew up so you pick up the trumpet you're how old? I'm uh, oh, 
six, sixth grade. Okay. I don't know. So Eleven, something yeah, like right. that. Uh-huh. And you pursue that for a while, and then how did you make the, the transition to conducting? Well, I have to say first that, you know, I was a trumpet player in the South, and there weren't a lot of opportunities to see orchestras. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in an area where band, the band world, was predominant. Um, and when I was 16, I went to this summer program called the Governor's School for the Arts in uh, South Carolina. Um, and it's kind of a summer program that prepares students to, for the conservatory life. Um, so you're taking music theory, you're taking conducting lessons, you're taking uh, uh, trumpet, I was taking trumpet lessons, kind of, probably for the first time. You know, I, I grew up as a trumpet player not taking lessons. I was just learning from the classroom and learning on my own and being very, um, um, uh, being a very hard worker in, you know, learning my own craft. But this was the first time where I was diving in deep. And that's the first time I saw, you know, fellow um, students my age walking around with violins, walking around with cellos. First time I saw an orchestra being formed, you know, of course we heard an orchestra around us, you know, through recordings and, you know, um, TV soundtracks and movie soundtracks. But this is the first time I saw and, and felt that energy in front of me for the first time. And it was the first time where I had a baton in my hand. And we, during our conducting class, they, everyone in the on this summer camp had to take conducting lessons. And then they started to weed people out. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I kept being in the class. And I loved it. I, and I loved, you know, learning about the, the, you know, the repertoire and learning about, you know, how to beat a pattern. Um, and... Near the end of the summer, there were four people left, and then they announced, you know, you are the four who are actually going to conduct the symphony uh, on, in a concert. And the first piece I ever conducted in front of orchestra was Beethoven's Second Symphony, the second movement. Um, and from that point on, I was hooked. I wanted to figure out what I needed to do to be an orchestral conductor. Interesting. So it was sort of like survivor for, yeah. for, for musicians. <laughs> exactly. I like that. Good. Um, and then a lot of I know that uh, one influential uh, part of your uh, training and your career happened here in the Bay Area with Marin Alsop yes. at, at the Cabrillo Festival in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Tell us about that. When did that happen? Well, uh, you know, again, I, I wanted to be a conductor since I was 16, um, but I went to, uh, I did my undergrad in music education. Um, I, I, I ended up student teaching, and I kind of fell in love with it, so I decided to teach high school for three years. But in the back of my head, I had to figure out how to, you know, make my own dreams come true, and I figured um, I would go to some workshops. Um, I sent a video to Cabrillo, and I got in, um, and it, that was the first time working with professional music, <laughs> musicians. Uh, I remember Till Spiegel, Haydn's uh, uh, Symphony 44, uh, and you know, being around this this group of young conductors who are eager to you know to learn, um, and I got the courage to go up to Marin Alsop and said, you know, I'm a high school teacher. I really want to go to school for conducting. This is around the last few days of you know the workshop. I really want to go to school for conducting. Can I have? Do you have any advice what I should do? And she said, Why don't you come study with me? 
Okay. I, and, <laughs> I, and, you know, my eyes were big. I said, sure. So we kept in touch. Um, um, in my last year of teaching, um, I she got in contact with me um, about, you know, an opportunity that she was starting with the Baltimore Symphony and the Peabody Conservatory. Um, but all I needed to do was come conduct the Baltimore Symphonies to make sure <laughs> uh, I was um, able to do it. Um, so they gave me the repertoire. It was the Rite of Spring. <laughs> um, I went up there and, you know, tried my best to, to, to conduct the Rite of Spring excerpt. Um, and I do remember, and she probably doesn't, she does, doesn't remember it this way, but I re do remember she's saying, you, there's a lot of work we need to do, <laughs> but I, I'm excited for, you know, to work with you. And, I, you know, even at the end of that day, I felt like um, a connection and uh, my life was changed. Um, and so from that point on, I went to school um, at the Peabody Conservatory, as well as being the first uh, Baltimore Symphony conducting fellow. Wow. So you had been doing the uh, high school teaching where? In Charleston? Uh, in upstate uh, South Carolina. Okay. So um, near Clemson University, okay. near Greenville, South Carolina. So, you know, my venture into conducting uh, took me out of um, South Carolina. It's the first time it took me out of South Carolina in my adult life. Wow. Okay. So then you, sh so you end up at the conservatory, and now today you're back at the conservatory. Right. Your, your um, position there is you're the, the, I'm the conductor of the student orchestra. I'm the artistic director of ensembles at the, uh, oh. the Peabody Conservatory, um, and I started 10 years after I graduated. Nice. Yeah. So it's a homecoming of yeah. sorts. And, and so tell me about conducting a student orchestra as opposed to a professional orchestra. It seems to me as though the 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 important parts of it might be somewhat the same but also somewhat different if you're if you're educating them in some way rather than just giving a, a public performance well i think both sides need the inspiration it's just how, where and when that happens you know for me i'm finding when working with uh young people is that they seem to be very hung up on, on you know, I want to make sure I do this right. <laughs> I want to do this right. Um, I have my own way of doing this without even listening to the rest of the ensemble. So, you know, if you have one person who, who may have their way of playing Tchaikovsky and their stand partner next to them, they have their own way of playing Tchaikovsky. But the big difference between them at, and uh, um, professional musicians are, the younger kids have a hard time understanding. They have to listen to mm -hmm. uh, to each other, um, and for me, I'm finding a lot more. Uh, I spend a lot more time convincing young people to open their ears, hmm. to listen to the ensemble, um, um, and, and finding ways to inspire them. For me, has been challenging because in 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 inspiring them, we also want to teach them how to. You know how to be disciplined players, um, and, and on, on the same time, we're we're trying to do both as as an educator. For, so for me, figuring out those ways of being that, um, you know, enfor not not enforcer, but inspiring them to 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 listen to each other and have those um, that disciplined um, uh, ensemble skills. Got if it. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So now you're coming into Berkeley. You've got a professional orchestra at your disposal for what three years? Well, yes. I th- initially, we'll, initially, we'll, I don't. Yeah. I, yes, I didn't mean to say that they would kick you out <laughs> after three years. I spent at least yes. three years. You're safe for three years. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? It's 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 kind of a big playground. I, I would. Uh, it's. I think for me, it's it's it is a playground, <laughs> um, and right now we're in the midst of planning. You know, the season. Um, I think mid-May we'll we'll announce um, a season. But for me, it's understanding what the history of Berkeley is. You know, uh, this is their 49th year, so we also have a 50th to think about, and that's a big anniversary year. Um, but as a music director, you know, and, and my first music director with a professional orchestra, I, I think for me I really want to focus on how to build relationships, you know, and one of the things that really interests me about Berkeley is their um, their connection with new music and composers. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to start investing in relationships with composers and being that advocate for composers that may um, that speak to me. Not saying that I know who those composers are right now, but I want to have. I I'm so glad that I have an orchestra that really thinks of new music and a community that really loves and engages in composers. So we can all we can all share in building those relationships. So if if there's a composer that I fall in love with, I hope the Berkeley Symphony would go on that journey and in, in exploring that voice of that composer with me, and it not only becomes an investment for. Um, for the music of that composer, but it also becomes this investment that the whole community um, um, uh, is a part of. Uh, and so for me, that's an exciting part of what the, the history of what Berkeley Symphony is and how I can um, uh, instill my own um, um, vision into that. Right. So new music is a big and broad and, and varied world. Can you give me some sense of, you know, what kinds of, you know, what are the, who who are some of the composers that have really rocked your boat in in the past, and what kinds of, what what strains of new music are you are are you a you're a modern guy, or are you a minimalist guy, or what you know it's where just, where are your tastes? They're they're all over the place because ah. I feel <laughs> I mean as 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 um as it sh- I think as it should be, um, but for me there are so many people, composers out there who are developing this voice and they have something to say and I want to be able to be that advocate. Um, there are people who are investing in orchestral music and, and electronics. There are people who have a more romantic, uh, uh, lush sound, as we, we might say now. Um, and and in our home backyard is John Adams that um, I've, you know, he was kind of the first composer that I ever met with the Baltimore Symphony. So th- there's a whole breadth of composers that um, that I want to get to know. Right. Um, yeah. I, tell me about meeting John Adams. That sounds interesting. Uh, Not everybody has. Oh, sh- that, that is true. Um, for me, it, for me to see him conduct and see the joy that he had about music um, was. Um, so inspiring because I think that he conducted Beethoven. He's the first con- conductor um, as an assistant with the Baltimore Symphony that I saw conduct Beethoven Seven, and his perspective of of it as being this minimalistic composer and the his thought process about Beethoven's rhythms really uh, engaged me. Um, but for for me, he was just a 
a, 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 a kind of joyful um, person on the podium that really um, engaged me as um, someone who wanted to hear more of his music. Interesting. So you, I saw an interview at some point with you where you described yourself as actually sort of by nature a rather shy person. That seems to be no longer quite the case. But uh, well, I still I still say I'm a more reserved person than most. You know, I I use you know the reason why I loved conducting. <laughs> um, I used to have this. As a performer and a trumpet player, a young trumpet player, maybe middle school or high school, I had this beautiful vibrato that everyone said. It was me shaking (laughs) out of nerves. Um, But when someone put a baton in my head, I I was able to get all that energy out. For me, that was the best part of conducting. It's like I'm able to be passionate and get all this energy out. And then, you you know, you have to learn the craft and then the shaking comes back. But... (laughs) For me, music has always been that avenue to, to, to emote, but also to share. Um, so, uh, from your, from the average Joe, I'm pretty reserved, uh, you know, and I know, um, and, and I like to um, ration my energy. I, I like <laughs> to say. Um, but there is still that kind of introvert in me, and you have, and I think you have to have both sides as a conductor because you, you do spend the majority of your time by yourself mm. in in silence, <laughs> and you have to be able to to channel that at some point. Are you personally a single and unattached, or are you? I'm personally single and unattached. <laughs> You're, okay. And do you have some some extra musical hobbies that that uh, take you out of this world, or what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I I try to stay healthy. I uh, you know train for. Um, well, before <laughs> before all of this was happening, I was trying to train for a marathon this summer, but I think I kind of. <laughs> Uh, the training kind of uh, took the back seat, but um, I try to stay um, healthy. I, you know, try to go to the museums and when travel as much as I can. Um, so those are the kind of things that I have time to do. I see. I got you. And so your plans going forward, you're gonna you're gonna stay in Baltimore. You're gonna come to Berkeley as as the orchestra needs. And I know that you've got. Uh, an increasingly busy guest conducting schedule, right? I mean, yeah, as people think, kind of figure out that, <laughs> that you're the man. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm going to stay in in, uh, in Bal- the Baltimore area. Um, I'm going to. I think it's such a an amazing kind of journey that I have, where I can actually keep my 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 finger in teaching, um, as well as have my professional career. I, I I think that keeps me humble, and I'm happy to have both sides and, and, and juggle both sides. But, you know, I have the, the Peabody Conservatory and I also over the summer work with the Carnegie Hall uh, National Youth Orchestra. Um, so um, for me, a teach, teaching is such an important part to keep me honest and humble. <laughs> honest and humble. These are good things yeah. to be. I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> well, Joseph, thanks so much. I really appreciate your coming and talking well, with us. And, thank you and so much I'm for having me. looking forward to seeing what you're going to do with the orchestra. Thank you.
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Joshua Cosman and Joseph Young. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Mozart's Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.